This is the last take. Thank you so much for listening. This is now the fifth episode that we have launched since becoming freshmen here at the University of Nebraska. We also want to thank the University of Nebraska and the College of Journalism and Mass Communications for allowing us to use this room so we can put our podcast on. Today, we're going to briefly mention Nebraska football as they're coming off a bye week and they'll take on Indiana. Then we'll get into the pick and list and then for real this time. We will get into the news segments. You're listening to The Last Take presented to you by... Charlie. Mark. Dylan. And Anthony. And thank you again so much for tuning in. Now we get into Nebraska football. Had a bye week last week after a devastating loss to Oklahoma. And here they'll take on the 3-1 Indiana Hoosiers, which actually here it is homecoming weekend for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. Mark, what are your key players to watch and the keys of the game for this week against Indiana? Thanks, Anthony. So I actually ha- so I have uh, so key players to watch. I have Casey Thompson and Anthony Grant as some of the key players. Uh, some keys, I think, defense needs to be better at tackling, and I think the team needs to have some rejuvenated energy, especially after the disappointing performance against Oklahoma. I think Casey Thompson has to have a big game. I think the game's going to be a shootout, and I think he just has to perform better than he has recently. I was going to say... Casey Thompson hasn't been that bad. I mean, he didn't have the greatest game against Oklahoma. I mean, he only got 140 yards, something like that. So tough defense. Yeah, you can't really run the, you can't really move the ball against that level of a defense being that good. But that's the only thing. I don't. I think Casey Thompson will play a factor, but um, I really think it's going to come down to the defense and how the offensive line plays, and can we set the run up like we have been, like. Excluding Oklahoma, I mean, we were able to run the ball pretty well. Offensive line hasn't been awful at blocking for the run. They've just been kind of not the greatest for passing block, pass blocking. But I was going to quickly mention, since I think they moved Turner Corcoran to left tackle, and now they're going to be starting Ethan Piper at left guard because Kevin Williams is out. Some other key injuries, but nothing like extremely awful. Like we didn't lose, we lost Teddy, but that that, that sucks. But we'll see how it goes. That my key to victory is just the fact that if Nebraska can just Nebraska play defense, can they keep Indiana from getting 650 yards? That will be the key thing. It's I agree with Charlie or not Charlie, uh, Mark. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to come down to who has the better game. I. <laughs> It's whoever has the ball last. I, that's it's what it's going to come down to. So yeah, uh, go ahead, Charlie. Yeah. So after everything that went on that first month of the season, I think that bye week came at a pretty good time. Kind of, you know, we really needed a an extra week there to, you know, relax and get, you know, get it together here after the uh, the big loss against Oklahoma. So we're gonna have to see uh, kind of what what team we get this week. The defense, like you guys have already said. I think they're gonna. That's gonna determine the outcome of the game. Just have not played well uh, first month, and now with Bill Bush, it's gonna be interesting to see what adjustments they've made against an Indiana offense that I wouldn't say is uh, very good. I mean, they've had first three games. Indiana, Indiana. 
kind of won their first three games and then a loss at Cincinnati last week. So three and one team. I'm, I don't really think that they're as good as their record, but this defense is going to determine the outcome of the game for Nebraska. And then I'm expecting the offense to put up points similar, you know, North Dakota, Georgia Southern, they, they put up points. Defense uh, against Georgia Southern is the reason they lost that game. But so I'm expecting uh, both sides of the ball to play better this week. And uh, hopefully we're going to get back on track here in conference play. So mainly looking at the defense this week. Say so defense, big factor into here, like we all keep saying. Uh, I'm going to go with Mark on the offensive side here. I believe Anthony Grant's got to have another good game. Didn't really have a good last week against Oklahoma. But once again, superior defense. Now with A.J. Allen out, that really hurts Nebraska. I was surprised at how good A.J. Allen really was. Like when you talked about him a couple, couple weeks back, saying that he's going to be a big star, we I didn't even know who this guy was. And I'm like, okay, Mark, are you really losing your mind here? But Anthony Grant's got to have a really good game this com- upcoming week. Casey Thompson's got to make the smart decisions. I mean, right now he has three interceptions to five touchdowns, so a bit bit shaky on that end. Offense just got to move the ball, and defense pretty much got to step it up. So that's simple in play. I'm just going to go back to your run- the running back thing. I think it's just the next man up. We have so many running backs. Like they were saying, Gabe Irvin Jr., the freshman, he has a shot at uh, getting some playing time. Yakos Yant, I mean, he's the obvious one, the big boy. So you see if he can get some carries in there. I'm sure we're gonna ha- we're gonna see like three, three or four running backs this weekend. There's a chance. I'm not saying Anthony Grant will get most of the carries. I'm I'm assuming. And with AJ Allen being out as well, yeah, he'll so get more reps. It's, it's the next man up. <laughs> That's my opinion. Kind of like the same thing with the offense line. Next man up mentality. We'll go around. We'll make our picks, starting with Charlie. Who do you got? So I'm going to take Nebraska in this game. I'm going to say they win 35-31. Close game. Yeah, just hoping that the defense can uh, maybe force a turnover to get pressure to uh, Connor Bazelak. Hopefully, uh, like I've already said, that's going to determine the outcome of the game. And So I'm going to say 35-31 Nebraska. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Nebraska 38, Indiana 31. I think it's just going to be that close of a game. I'm going to say Nebraska 42, and I'll say Indiana 38. It's going to come down to, kind of, <laughs> kind of like Charlie said, can we force turnovers? And I personally think we can get Bazelak to make a couple mistakes. Just getting that pressure, we have to get Pass pressure. Pass rush has to get Pass there. rush has to get there. They were able to get pressure on Dylan Gabriel. They, they so got it. They have the Against potential. a decent offensive line. So, yeah. I mean, they can do it. It's just the fact, can we tackle? They get, I know we talk about this every week, but tackle. But I think Nebraska will be able to get going in the right direction and get a little bit momentum going into Rutgers. Yeah, Nebraska. I'd say the defensive line has potential to break out. They just haven't broke out yet. Uh, Garrett Nelson's got to lead that. Who else is on the D line? I can't think of. Uh, O'Shawn Mathis. O'Shawn, he's got Caleb he, Tanner. Okay, O'Shawn's got to have a really good game this week. I'm taking Nebraska. Charlie, what was your score again? Uh, 35-31. Okay, I'm going to go 38-35 on this one. And um, Indiana has played in now two three-point games against Illinois, in which they won, against Western Kentucky, also in which they won by a last-second field goal into overtime. How much did they beat Idaho by? Uh, 13, 35-22. Okay. So, they, was so they've been in close games before, so I don't think it'll be nothing new for Indiana. I just think finally... Mickey Joseph will make adjustments to where they can get over the hump and Nebraska can finally win a single-digit game in God knows how long. So, a few years. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think Nebraska can pull it off on this one. So, 
anyways, we'll take a little break right here and we'll get into your week five college football pick'em list. This is the last take presented to you by Charlie, Mark, Dylan, and I'm Anthony. So we're going to go over the standings before we go over the pick here. So current standings heading into week five. I'm with the lead with 26 points. Charlie with 25. Anthony with 24. Mark with 19. It's coming down. I think I think I'm not going to have the lead next week. Say, so in our guest Blake, uh, he went six of six out of ten for his picks, going six and four. Mm-hmm. If we ever do have any guests further on the show, that is the score to be is six. Yep, six. Okay, so we're gonna first start off the big noon kickoff game. Number four, Michigan is going in to Kinnick. They take on an Iowa Hawkeyes team who have the number one defense in the country. What do you think about that, Charlie? Yeah, so I'm just looking here at Iowa's offense uh, through the first four games. So it does look like they've put up more than 10 points the last two weeks. So uh, a little bit of an improvement there. 27 points against Nevada and Rutgers. <laughs> Let's see here. Yeah, so Michigan coming in. This is going to be a tough game for their offense. Michigan's defense hasn't allowed a whole lot um, at all this season. So going to be tough. I think Michigan going to Iowa uh, is the only reason that I think Iowa could keep this game just a little bit close, but I don't think uh, in the end it will be. I think Michigan's going to end up pulling away and win this game by double digits. Um, I, I, I mean, I picked I picked Michigan to win, mostly because they're ranked fourth. Um, I just don't think Iowa will be ho- able to hold off Michigan. So I got Michigan. Okay, so coming from Iowa, like I, I've done a lot of research this past week. Iowa, best defenses in the Big Ten. Michigan, one of the best offenses. And then Iowa's obviously the worst offense in the league. And then Michigan's number four with the defense. J.J. McCarthy's looking really good. He's completed 80% of his passes and has five touchdowns. Blake Corum, last week against Maryland, he had 243 rushing yards. He's looking really good. However, a key thing... Last time Michigan played Iconic, it's literally the same exact scenario. Michigan was number three at the time coming into Kinnick. It was a night game, fans going crazy. Iowa made a last-second field goal to win the game, potentially upsetting Michigan's. They did. I say, well, they did upset, but they know they ended Michigan's. Say they, it was a perfect season. It was all done. Yeah, these are also the least penalized team in all of the Big Ten. Michigan with nine penalties for 84 yards. Iowa with 17 with 415 yards. Michigan's looking really explosive this year. Like Charlie said, the only way the Hawkeyes can keep this in contention is just because it's at Kinnick, but Michigan stays just too dominant for Iowa. So I'm going with the Wolverines. Okay. Okay, so this is it's one of those games that the Hawkeyes will somehow somehow win. You can see Back it happening. You can see it. They did it. They knocked Michigan out of the playoff race. I just think I know yeah. Iowa has one of the best defenses in the country. They only allowed five and five point eight points per game. It's going to be the first real road test for the Michigan Wolverines. But I really think the Wolverines will just. It'll be close through maybe the first half. Second half, they're gonna Michigan's gonna show how good they actually are, and it's gonna be see the spread's eleven. I think this they win by more than that. I think they win by like fourteen to seventeen points. I don't think I don't think Iowa has a shot. It's possible, but Michigan is just the better team. They'll take they'll really like make some 
decisions in the second half that will elevate them to just blow out Iowa, basically. I mean, so the reason why part of it, Iowa's only allowed 5.8 is because they got two. (laughs) Their first game was absolute crap against South Dakota State, only going two field goals, or no, two safeties and a field goal on their offense end. And then Iowa State was just down terrible, only allowing 10 points, and then shutting out Nevada and Rutgers, so. But, like, Iowa's shown... They they have a superior defense. For they sure. Have the number yeah. one defense in the Big Ten. I mean, I would say. Yeah. I mean, they've only allowed 163 passing yards and 73 rushing yards a game. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's so. it's pretty hard to stop in the Big Ten too. So it's just true. It's just the true first test for both these teams. I say for sure. Uh, it's more Michigan. I think more than anything, it's first road test. Like I said, I mean, if they win this game deal with a hostile crowd i mean they have a decent shot at the big 10 even possible national championship hopes so well yeah no maryland too though last week they did stop quite a bit i mean they stopped michigan's offense better than the first three teams they played but still i mean it's gonna be uh i think this will just be tougher just because it's at kinnick it'll probably be yeah yeah it'll be a tough game uh it'll be tough going up against that defense so we'll see what happens but yeah i'm expecting this one to uh, yeah i already said Michigan by double digits. So. Yeah. We'll so the see. next game, number seven Kentucky, undefeated, is going into Old Miss, number 14 in the country. What you think of that, Mark? Well, I like Kentucky in this one. First off, Will Lewis is one of the better quarterbacks in the country. I just think Kentucky is going to have a better chance of winning this game, so I got Kentucky. So Kentucky, 4-0, coming in with wins against Miami, Ohio. Florida's their big one. That's why they're ranked so high. Youngstown State, and then last week, they had some major issues against Northern Illinois. To be fair, Northern Illinois, they're probably the best team in the MAC. They always are. They're always good. They always have a really good chance of winning the MAC every year. But um, anyways, Kentucky, 4-0. Ole Miss, 4-0. Winning against Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, and they also struggled against Tulsa last week, only winning by seven, I believe. Will Levis, he's pretty good. He had a lot of hype coming in the year. He hasn't been very impressive this year. I mean, by stats, I mean stats-wise, he mean he has a he has like twelve hundred yards. Say stat-wise, stat he's almost twelve hundred yards. He's ten touchdowns. Four, which is fourth in the SEC. But um, you have Ole Miss who's been pretty good this year. I mean, 41 points per game. Jackson Dart with 700 yards. Zach Evans and Quayshawn Jenkins having that one-two punch in the running backs. I'm going to take Ole Miss. I think this game is going to come down to the turnover battle. I just really think Ole Miss, their running attack is going to be the X factor in this game, and Ole Miss will win and hand Kentucky their first loss of the season. I'm also going with the Rebels on this one. You mentioned the one-two running back combination of Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans, both in top five the NCC in rushing yards. So Judkins has 429, and then I don't have Zach Evans' numbers, but uh, it's, it's on there. It's 59 carries for 365 so yards. So 365. So if you look at it just stat-wise, Ole Miss is a way better team, having a top five offense and a top six defense. Second in sacks. They're number one in rushing, obviously. Kentucky coming off a very struggling win against Northern Illinois. Possibly a fourth quarter collapse is what I would say from it. They had a very strong lead, and then all of a sudden Northern Illinois came back. Don't know if it's just because Kentucky didn't play good or if it's just they had the win sealed and didn't really care. Will Levis has got to play really, really good. They're playing against a really solid defense, like I mentioned, and Kentucky's offense stat-wise is struggling. It's really low in SEC. I think Ole Miss will find a way and pull it off here. Yeah, so I'm looking at Kentucky's schedule the other day. I was like, 
Kentucky, number seven. I was like, wow, that's pretty high. I was like, they must have, because I, I had forgotten who they had played, and it was like, did they have an impressive win somewhere in there? So I was looking, and I saw they won at Florida. I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's a pretty good win. It's tough to go in there, but I, I still think that Kentucky's too high. I think number seven, I was surprised to see them above uh, Tennessee, maybe even Ole Miss, who, I mean, I guess Ole Miss was lower, and Tennessee wasn't even ranked before the season, so that makes yeah. sense. Well, I don't know what Kentucky was to start the year, but they, they were, were ranked, weren't they? They were like top 15. I say they were 14th, I want to say. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, that just seems a little high to me, uh, ranked 7th now. But uh, so this week, yeah, they're going to get their running back, Chris Rodriguez, back, who Kentucky so far, just 2.4 yards per carry. Not good, but I think Chris Rodriguez coming back is definitely going to help him out uh, with that. And the uh, Will Levis, as you guys have said, he's looked good so far as well. And then I think Ole Miss with uh, Jackson Dart, he's looked pretty good. But I've been surprised to see how the Ole Miss run game has been playing. They've, they've looked pretty good right now and this game in Oxford just kind of feels like a game that Ole Miss is going to win I think it's going to be close so I'm going to take Ole Miss in this one Kentucky number seven in the country I think they'll drop obviously after if they lose this game but if they go into Ole Miss and win this week I think that they should be right in there in that top seven or eight teams I mean you can't drop them after that so if they could pull this off this week I think that'd be an impressive win for them I think if they were able to pull it off against Ole Miss that's definitely assuring that they secure that seventh spot. Oh, yeah. It makes sure I, I that they're definitely that. there for sure. Yeah. I mean, you could almost consider them a legitimate contender for the at least the, their, at least division, the their division, I yeah. should say. So, yeah, the East they, is they ha- tough. They have uh, Georgia. Georgia and Tennessee. Georgia, yeah. Tennessee. But no, SEC East, I mean, usually we're talking about the SEC West. You know, they've got Alabama, LSU, all those years. Both those teams are right, uh, right there. And Auburn, usually a uh, sleeper team as well there, Texas A&M. But, you know, usually in the East, we're just like, it's Georgia. And some of those years, we said Florida when they were overhyped and they'd get blown out in the Florida-Georgia game. But usually it's we're used to just saying Georgia in the East. But now you look at Kentucky and Tennessee, both these teams have looked really good so far. So going to be interesting. A lot of really good teams in that conference. say so the East is almost up for grabs for Georgia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. The West is stacked, like just full-on stacked. I think there's a couple teams with a 3-1 record in the West, and that was the lowest ever. And then, obviously, in the East, you have, like, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, those lower-tier <laughs> teams. So. All right. So, next game, number 18, Oklahoma, coming off a devastating loss to Kansas State and Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez. <laughs> Oklahoma going in Fort Worth to take on the TCU Horned Frogs, who are undefeated. 3-0. I think they're coming off a bye. I'll, I'll just go ahead and go first. I think Oklahoma... That was for sure a very devastating loss for them. I mean, we all said they were going to win big. I mean, we weren't expecting Adrian Martinez to have the game he had, five total touchdowns. I think Oklahoma will... TCU hasn't been that impressive. I mean, Oklahoma will win. They'll win by double digits against TCU. Yeah, Oklahoma, one of the best team in the Big 12 offense-wise, and then TCU's third behind Max Duggan. Uh, TCU, they're a very run-heavy team, saying Max Duggan, 41 out of 61, which is one of the highest in the country, at least in completion-wise. So TCU, a very run-heavy team. I think Oklahoma will, at least from what we've seen in Nebraska, that they'll do a lot better job of containing the run for TCU. 
which means Duggan will have to be forced to pass. And I think 61 passes, it's a lot, but not enough, at least for how far into the season we are, to see how true of a thrower he is at quarterback. I think this is a statement game for Oklahoma. They just got to win this game if they want to, one, keep their playoff contention alive, and two, stay alive in the Big 12. Oklahoma will win this game. I'm not going big here, but they'll they'll win. I didn't realize TCU was 3-0. I just looked, so that's surprising to me. But Oklahoma, that was really, I was shocked to see, check the score, realize they were down 7 last week against Kansas State. That was just, and after, you know, watching them uh, just the week before against Nebraska, I was just shocked when I saw that. But uh, you look at TCU, this will be a tough game for Oklahoma, I think. Uh, TCU, they've got a balanced offense. Both passing game, the run game, both look good. But it does, I think, on the defensive side for TCU, their secondary has given up almost 300 yards per game, uh, passing yards. And I think that that does not bode well for them going up against Dylan Gabriel, who really, you know, he's hasn't turned the ball over this year. I think uh, Oklahoma's going to win this game, kind of bounce back after a tough loss. I had them uh, as a top. I thought they were a top five team in the country. Following that, I would have put them probably at fourth so just really surprising to see them go down like that but I think they'll bounce back this week um I got Oklahoma in this game I think the Sooner offense will just be better this week just got Oklahoma so next one number nine Oklahoma State Cowboys undefeated three and oh Headed in to Waco in McLean Stadium to take on the number 16 Baylor Bears led by Dave Aranata. Go ahead, Anthony. This is one of probably the best games all week long. This is a rematch of the Big 12 Championship. You know, Oklahoma State driving down the field and literally was stopped at the one-yard line for a potential playoff spot, I would say, last year. So Oklahoma State's looking for revenge, having the second-best offense in the Pac-12. They blew out their opponent of UAPB. I don't even know what that stands for. But Baylor having an, an impressive win over Iowa State, having a defensive-minded team. So when Oklahoma State has the ball, that's the matchup of the day. It's Oklahoma State's offense versus Baylor's defense. Ten sacks throughout the year. It's overall a good game. And Spencer Sanders has got to step up with this one, connection with the Braden Johnson. Defense will step up, but I think Oklahoma State will find a way to win just barely to where they get the revenge over Baylor from last year. Okay, this is my game of the week. Right now, this is one of the biggest games of the the year for both teams, I would say. Oklahoma State's looked pretty good. They played Arizona State. They played Central Michigan, and I forgot the other team. UAPB, whatever that stands for. Okay, yeah, so they've done that. Um, Spencer Sanders, who's nearly thrown 1,000 yards and 10 touchdowns this year, like you said, he's looked pretty good. Baylor very defensive minded um they have a had a good win last week against Iowa State almost blew it a little bit i mean it, it was still a, it was a one score game it was still a lot of back and forth action yeah one team blew a punch the other one blew another uh Baylor's their quarterback Blake Shapin who has 773 yards seven touchdowns and Richard Reese who has 315 yards and six touchdowns for Baylor i think this game will come down to who defense whose defense play comes to play for sure I think in the end, Baylor will end Oklahoma State's um, pursuing the uh, the Big Twelve. No, the uh, reven- the revenge revenge game 
from last year. I think it's just also played in Waco, and that's a huge, that's a big factor. This game could turn into a shootout, but I really think Baylor will come out on top and knock down Oklahoma State. I'd say before you make your pick, Mark, I just want to say Baylor won the Big 12, obviously, but Oklahoma State won the regular season game last year. I like I like Oklahoma State. Um, I think Spencer Sanders will have a huge game. Yeah, I think defense is going to decide this game. Uh, both defenses, I guess uh, Oklahoma State's defense, uh, I think they were top three, top five in the country last year. They've taken a little bit of a step back after losing uh, Jim Knowles, who's now over at in Columbus at Ohio State. They gave up over 40 points to Central Michigan, I believe. So I think... Uh, defense has taken a step back. I still think that they're a pretty good defense. However, I think Baylor's defense is going to be better on this day. They're going to force a couple turnovers, and I think they'll win in a close game. All right, so the next game, we have number 22, Wake Forest, going into Tallahassee to take on Florida State. Go ahead, Anthony. Another close game here, a lot of back and forth. Wake Forest, close loss to Clemson, probably should have won the game there. Florida State looking insanely good. I thought their game against LSU was just a lucky game where they played close and then they just made a last-second play on the unblocked PAT to win the game. But no, they've looked insanely good with wins over LSU, as I mentioned earlier, and Louisville and blowing out Boston College by 30-plus. Best offense in all of the ACC with a third-best defense. Uh, Wake Forest with a seventh-best offense and tenth defense. I think that's the matchup is the Florida State offense compared to Florida State or Wake Forest defense. But Wake Forest did win this one last week last year, but Florida State obviously is a different team than last year. I'm going to go with the Seminoles on this one. Okay, I'm going to take the Seminoles as well. Wake Forest, they put up a fight against Clemson. A very good game. I watched that game two overtimes. I didn't know who was going to win at one point. Like It looked like Wake Forest had a deep, looked like they were going to win. I mean, Clemson is it's just that team. It was a really tough loss for Wake Forest. I think anyways, they're going to come in to Tallahassee. They're going to have some struggles. Jordan Travis is going to have a good game for Florida State. I think Florida State will really just dominate the game. It won't be like a huge blowout, but I can see a Florida State ten to fourteen point win. I got I got Florida State. Do you want to elaborate on that at all? Um, they've just been on a roll lately. Yeah, they they have a, a good start to the season. Still, I think that LSU Florida State game is probably the most entertaining game I've watched so far this year. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, I think Florida State's the better team. I was just looking. Wake they only dropped one spot, which after a loss because they were twenty one, I believe last week dropped to twenty two. This week, Florida State. I don't think they were ranked. Florida, uh, no, this is the first time first being time ranked. being ranked. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think Florida State so far. I mean, they've shown me that they're the better team. Uh, this game is in Tallahassee, so I think Florida State will win this game pretty easily. Uh, yeah, they're looking pretty good so far. Uh, ever since you know that win against LSU, they've definitely, I think, caught a lot of people's eyes. Uh, so I think that they'll uh, win this game here, and that put them at 5-0, and keep climbing up in the rankings. I've already mentioned, I really think Sam Hartman will keep Wake within distance, decent dis- short distance with uh, Florida State, but... Like I said, Florida State will win. But that's that's he, what I was going to jump he, in. He'll, he'll still play good. I mean, he's have he has 13 touchdowns on the year with 962 I mean, yards. He's one he's, of the most electrifying quarterbacks in the country right now. I mean, he's people are saying crazy. He could, he's raising his draft stock is what some people are saying that he could be a day two guy. Or I don't think he's quite first round yet, but he's quite getting there. So I just think besides Clemson, Wake Forest hasn't faced real competition. And then they're playing back-to-back high ACC teams. So I just don't think they could keep up. 
So the next game, uh, Iowa State coming off a loss to Baylor, going into Lawrence to take on the undefeated Kansas Jayhawks team. Uh, what do you think of that, Mark? I like Kansas. Uh, that's it. I, Kansas. You just have a feeling Kansas is going to win? Yeah. Okay. This is kind of like a really hard pick because like Iowa State, I really feel like the, overall they're a better team than Kansas, but I just really have that feeling Kansas is going to continue their undefeated streak. I think they're going to come out 5 and 0. Oh. It's going to be it's going to it's going to suck for Iowa State, but you know, it's okay. But uh, I think Kansas was it Jaden Daniels? Jaylen yeah, Daniels. Jalen Daniels. He's looked pretty good. I mean, Heisman candidate? No, no, uh, no. no. I mean, yet. he's like he's like. <laughs> not if yet. he has he's a really win good, a few more. If he has a really good game this week, good, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Kansas. I think <laughs> I'm gonna ride that. I, I'm gonna ride the hype train. Go go Jayhawks. Rock chalk. Okay, so it's another close game. Like Dylan, like we keep saying. Kansas is 4-0, not first time in program history. This is one of the most successful teams in recent history. They're averaging 471 yards on offense, allowing 402. Jalen Daniels, 890 passing yards, 11-1 touchdown ratio, 320 rushing yards with four touchdowns. He leads both passing and rushing for the Jayhawks. However, Iowa State's defense is one of the best in the Big 12, only allowing 266 yards. That does play in a key factor. Kansas has played competition with West Virginia, Houston, and Duke. Duke beating Northwestern, Northwestern beating Nebraska. But, um, and then Houston, we talked about earlier, being an underrated team, but now they're not as good as we thought. They're West- like the coldest team in, in all of college now. football. They cannot win. And West Virginia was just cold at the wrong time, I felt like. They won, what, 55-42 was the score. I think Iowa State will find a way to win. Hunter Deckers is looking pretty good. Take care of the ball at least for both sides of the game. Xavier Hutchinson's popping off, one of the best receivers in college football right now. He's leading the country in yards, he's, I believe. He's 12. The, 12. Oh, no. He's first he's in leading Big the Big 12. 12. That's what you're looking at. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. He's 12th in the country in rushing yards. Um, or pat- Receiving. Re- yeah, receiving yards. I just think Iowa State will find defensively find a way to slow down Kansas. Don't know if it'll happen, but I'm just going to go with the clones. I'm with you. I think... Uh... I think Iowa State's the better team. Kansas, they've had a good start to the year. I think that I just feel like they're going to lose at some point. And I think that game is like this week because I think Iowa State, yeah, I mean, I think Kansas, Jalen Daniels has looked really good. I actually hadn't watched them until they played Duke. I was watching the highlights of that game. They look, you know, they're a good team. And of course, there were a lot of people that were pretty upset prior to this week. Uh, or no, is it? It's this week. They're still. They're not ranked in the. No. Top. I just, yeah, no, they're, they're uh, 26. Yeah. Yeah, they're number 26. I saw that. I for some reason I Cause, thought because Kansas State is 25th. Before, right yeah. Now. No, yeah, but a lot of people are upset right now that they're not ranked. So I'm sure that they're gonna they they want to get into the top 25. Uh, but I don't know. I just think Iowa State's the better team, and I think that they're gonna go on the road and pick up a pretty pretty good win here uh, in conference play. Say, so I just want to take one more thing in. Kansas comes in with the worst defense in all the Big 12, and Iowa State comes in with almost one of the worst offenses in the Big 12. Hmm. Hmm. It's going to be very interesting, kind of like, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska and Iowa play. <laughs> all right, uh, the next one, number 17, Texas A&M, coming off a big win over Arkansas, is going to take on Mississippi State. I'm going to take A&M. It's going to be very interesting, I guess. Like, you can never count out Mike Leach. He's such a good coach. But I just really think A&M's going to have some momentum coming off a pretty big win over Arkansas. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Aggies. 
I also got Texas A&M and the Aggies. I think this will be a good game. Um, Mississippi State, I think that, you know, there's just so many teams in the SEC that are, you know, really good football teams. And I think Mississippi State, just because of that, is probably one of those teams that gets overlooked a little bit. They've got a good offense, which is going to, I think this will be a definitely be a tough one this week going up against a good defense in Texas A&M. And I'm going to take Mississippi State in this game. Uh, went into College Station last year. One, I'm sure a and going to have that on their mind, but now I'm going to actually, I think that they're going to beat them again this week. Uh, A&M already disappointing loss to App State. I was thinking, you know, after they beat Arkansas that they might, you know, get, get on a roll here. As we've seen, a lot of people have, you know, prior to the season had A&M, you know, right up there. Some people even had them in the college football playoff. But so one particular person had one, them winning one it had all. them winning the national championship. But yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna say that their playoff hopes end this weekend. Uh, going in to Starksville, I think that Mississippi State is gonna win this game. I think that their offense is gonna do just enough. However, I think if Texas A&M's defense plays their best game of the year forces a couple turnovers I could easily see this going the other way and A&M winning in a close game but I'm going to say Mississippi State at home pulls off the upset this week is just full of good games like I'm it's just full uh, this one is another one that is completely below the radar. Texas A&M, however, coming off with back-to-back wins against Miami and Arkansas, a lot much-needed wins to, quote, save their season if they want to try and stay alive here. Mississippi State, Will Rogers is insanely good at passing the ball. He's leading the country in passing yards. That air raid off. Air raid offense. offense, Mike Leach. Mm -hmm. And five of their receivers are over 100 yards, and one of them has 97. So just a spread out of receivers. It's not like Nebraska where you have Trey Palmer having 300, almost 400 yards, and then Marcus Washington having like 190. Yeah. Like it's not just one receiver spread out completely. A key note in here, Texas A&M has the worst offense in all the SEC, even worse than South Carolina. And Mississippi State is just right below that top half with 7th offense, 7th defense. I think Mississippi State's defense on the field and A&M's offense, it doesn't come close to it. I believe Mississippi State with Will Rogers will eventually pull off the upset against the Aggies and then ruin their college football hopes. Alright, so the next one, the Cal Golden Bears are going into Wazoo to take on the Cougars who are coming off a very upsetting loss last week against Oregon State where they should have probably won. Uh, go ahead, Charlie. <laughs> What's the spread in this one? Because I, I was um, actually it think. is uh, Washington State is favored by four. By four, yeah. Because so I was originally gonna pick Wazoo just to blow them out after a disappointing loss, but then looking at Cal, uh, three and one, lost by seven at Notre Dame. Uh, you know they played them tough. I think Cal's they, they're better than I thought. I hadn't really uh, heard much about them this year, and now you know I think that they're gonna go into Pullman. I think they'll compete. I just think Wazoo's the better team, and after that loss last week, really disappointing. Uh, to Oregon, I was I was definitely pulling for them, um, and then just what were they up by? They were up like eleven or twelve at one point. I say at one point in the game they were up by twelve, and then Oregon scores twenty nine. It was fourth. twelve with like four minutes to go, and in, in the third, yeah, just, Oregon just had that uh, just in that fourth quarter. Man, that was pretty crazy. Just what a swing there. But I think Wazoo will bounce back this week. I think they'll beat Cal this week. Okay, I'm also gonna take Wazoo. Kind of just saying what Charlie said. It was a really disappointing loss for uh, Washington State. They should have won, but 
unfortunately, they didn't. And that's something they have to, you know, come into this weekend and just take down Cal. Cal looked good, like you said. Plummer, I think it's Jake Plummer. Yeah. Jake Plummer, uh, former, he was Purdue, I want to say. But I don't, I don't know. I don't it doesn't know matter. Was. But um, he's looked pretty good. But I just feel like Cam Ward is going to play really good for Washington State. I'm going to take, take the Cougars. I also got, I got <clears throat> sorry, I got Washington State as well. I'm going big. I'm going with the Cal. Herb Street. I'm going with Cal on this one. But I'm just looking here at the st- – call me analytics guy, but, like, all I've been looking at is stats here. I mean, that's fair. The Cal – I say I watched the Cal-Notre Dame game, and that really put my mind in perspective of Cal. They looked really Did good. Did you watch the Notre Dame-Marshall game after that? Before that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, they're – yeah, I mean, I don't know if Notre Dame is as good as a lot of people say, but okay. I mean, it was still it was still impressive. I think they're better than people say. I say Cal is. I wouldn't say the most. They're one. They're an underrated team, at least in the Pac-12. They're not obviously going to win it or get close to it, but they're going to be at least somewhat good throughout the year. The key player. I mean, Cameron Ward is a really good quarterback in the Pac-12. He's just got to take care of the ball, at least with the five interceptions he has on the year. And for Cal, Jaden Ott, 463 rushing yards. That's first in the Pac-12. Cal's really good offensively. They just need to step it up defensively at least a little bit. And in Washington State, uh, they need to step up their offense a little bit. It's an even game, sort of say. It can go either way, I feel like. But I just, I'm just going big here. I'm going to go with Cal. All right, so number 10, the Wolfpack, NC State, are going into, well, number 5 Clemson coming off a hard-fought victory against Wake Forest, like we said earlier. What do you think of that, Mark? Well, I, I like the upset here. I'm taking NC State. I don't like Clemson. Uh, they've been on top of the college football world for too long. It's time for the underdogs to have a chance. Let's go Wolfpack, NC State. Nice pick, but not so fast. <laughs> Sorry, got a quote. All right, Lee Corso. I got. I had. I had to uh, um, quote that. Okay, so I got Clemson, uh, NC State. I mean, they've fought back. I mean, they did not look good week one against East Carolina, winning off of basically. East Carolina just shanking a field goal. That was really unfortunate for the Pirates, but besides the point, I got Clemson. I, I'm a firm believer. I mean, I wouldn't mind an upset, like, for sure. I don't like Clemson either. DJ looked good last week. He played very well against a decent Wake Forest team. I think Clemson will win, not big, big, but they will, they will win impressively. So, yeah, I got Clemson in this one. D- DJ Ugalalele uh, really stepped up against Wake Forest when it really mattered. And then defense stopping them on that fourth down on double overtime to secure the win over Wake Forest. Will Shipley is going to have another good game, I feel like, against NC State. But, however, NC State has one of the best defenses in the conference. That's going to take a key factor. So Clemson's defense has to step it up for NC State's offense. It's Clemson. It's prime time. There's no better feeling. In Death Valley. In Death Valley. Um, I was going to say. We're finally going to see Dabble Sweeney sprint down that yeah, tunnel. We'll see him do I was going to say, DJ didn't make any mistakes last week. No. He, no picks. He played five, very five impressive. Touchdowns. Five touchdowns. Yeah. He was very impressive. Okay, go ahead. So. Yeah, no, it was his most impressive performance, I think, since that game against Notre Dame back in 2020, the double overtime game. I think it was, <laughs> I didn't, you know, last year, I think a lot of people were just like, you know, what's going on here? This isn't what we're used to seeing. Because, you know, the year before, he looked a lot better. And last year, I guess when you look at Clemson last year, they, they weren't as good as people 
had thought they were going to be. But you really you look at their they only lost three games, uh, Georgia in the first game, then they lost to NC State uh, in like double overtime on the road, and then they went to Pitt and lost to Kenny Pickett. So at the time they were like three and three, but then they kind of uh, went on a roll there at the end of the year and finished the season strong. But you know despite all that, DJ hadn't looked as good all of last season. So you know good to see him playing better this year, and I think he's going to have another big game this week against an NC State team that, quite frankly, I don't think is um, as good as a lot of people think. All the preseason hype, I didn't understand that at all. But Clemson's secondary is going to have to play better, and I know they were going up against Sam Hartman uh, last week, but you watch that game, they were just, you know, it's not what you were used to seeing from Clemson defense. Usually in those big games, you know, and I guess, you know, it's at Wake, it's 9 in the morning, but I think this week in prime time, I'm expecting their defense to play a lot better. I think that they're going to shut down NC State, and I think that Clemson will win this game. Uh, I think they'll win easily as well. Okay, so final game. This game was moved to Sunday, but because of Category 4 uh, Hurricane Ian making landfall today, they mo- they moved it to Sunday. I wouldn't be surprised if this game gets moved somewhere else or doesn't happen. SMU is going on the road, going into the bounce house, taking on Central Florida and Orlando. Mark, go ahead, go first. I got uh, UCF. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see how good John Reese Plumley plays. I mean, he's looked good. UCF three and one heading into this game. SMU two and two. They have Tanner Morikai. Um, I'm just gonna take UCF. I just feel like, I mean, it's UCF. I'm gonna. I just. I think they're gonna win. SMU. They have a. T- they had a tough loss to TCU. But um, yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take UCF. I feel like. I just feel like they're gonna have a lot more momentum. Bounce House is not an easy place to play at. Yeah, probably the. Uh, I guess I would say. Uh, wouldn't you say UCF? probably tougher environment than going down to Miami in the U. I mean, I would say it's because the U play in a huge stadium. It's not fair. Their their quarterback, I don't know if you saw last week, Miami's quarterback said he prefers road games because none of the students get out there to the stadium. Yeah, oh, yeah I saw put it on Miami campus. They just, yeah, he wants, you know, they got to put something on campus, I think. But yeah, I mean, UCF, they got a good, they got a good environment there. Is that who you're going with as UCF? I thought you were going to pick. No, I'm, I'm taking SMU in this game. Uh, I think they've had a couple of hard-fought games against Maryland and TCU uh, last two weeks, put up a good fight against both those teams. Offense is averaging over 500, uh, 500 yards per game uh, for SMU. Uh, I think they'll go in and pick up a good win against UCF here, who they've also, uh, last couple weeks, I guess, uh, yeah, blew out Florida Atlantic and then Georgia Tech last week. I don't know. This game could go either way, but I'm going to say SMU wins here on the road. I'm taking the Golden Knights. I liked what they, at least I've only seen them one game against FAU when we had them a couple of weeks back. I'm taking the Golden Knights in this one just because they looked pretty good. Okay, cool. All right. So that will be the end of this segment. Uh, We'll be right back with our new uh, segment. So we left you last week wondering what this new segment was, and then we're like, screw it, we're not going to do it anymore. Uh, But we do have enough time this week, so we're going to introduce it. We're going to call this cap or no cap. For those of you who don't know our slang, it's pretty much true or false questions about college football, like all around. It's not just Nebraska. It's not just Big Ten. It's all of college football. So it could be FCS teams. It could be Oh, I didn't know you were going to throw FCS teams in. Hey, you never know. We're going to get the whole umbrella of the NCAA. All 
All right, all right. All right. So, I mean, with this the first week, I had these questions last week, so we'll go. We're gonna go pretty easy on these ones. Plus, it was just like last minute. Here we go. So, cap or no cap? Alabama has had the most players drafted in the first round in the of the NFL draft of all time. I think that's no cap. No cap. No cap. It is cap. Is it LSU? It is not LSU. Is it Wisconsin? It is not Wisconsin. Ohio I State. would be Wisconsin. It is not Ohio State. Is it, it Georgia? It's not Georgia. No, they're not. They're Florida? Only. Nope. USC? It is USC. Okay. What? It is <laughs> I, USC. I, I can see it. I can see it. I mean, Alabama has to be like two. Alabama was two. Okay, that's why. List, so. <laughs> okay, so no one gets a point out of that. Uh, another one, cap or no cap. So this kind of follow-up question. USC has won the most overall conference championships. Uh, I think that's a cap. I think Alabama's won more. I'm not. I'm not for sure though. I know Alabama's had good history, but I'm gonna say cap. You're saying cap? No cap. No cap. Mm, I don't know. I'm, I'll say cap as well. It is no cap. Oh. What? It is no cap. How many start do you have? <laughs> yeah. Wait. I, I take that back. I take it back. It is cap. I was I say oh, Bama has cap. to have more? No, it's not Bama. Who is it? It's Nebraska. We do. I think Nebraska. At no. Least the, no, we don't. The most overall conference championship. Do, do you have the information right there? Or? I mean, don't gonna look it up right here, but I, I guarantee. I know, we have 50. I know we have 53, but or something like that. But just say like who who has the most conference overall conference championships? I'm pretty sure it's Nebraska from my from my site that I got. Well, it's technically Yale, but well. they also have the most national championships too. That's besides Oklahoma does. Oklahoma has the most. Yeah, 50. All right, either way, it's cap. Nebraska has 46. All right. All right, so my source cap. wasn't updated. Yeah. So He's in Winsipedia, so. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it is cap. Who said it was cap again? That was me. I say Dylan. Me too. This is me. You said cap? Yeah. All right, so Dylan and Mark now a point. Mark, let's try and get on the board, okay? You mean Charlie has one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go ahead. Just it's go. Fine. Just go. <laughs> I'm not going to edit this anyways, so. <laughs> cap or no cap, Oklahoma has more wins in the Red River Showdown. Ooh, I actually. That's a really tough one. I'm going to say that's cap, actually. I'm going to say cap. Uh, yeah, cap. I'm going to cap that one. Cap. You're all right. It is cap. Texas has the most wins out of that say, one. Texas so. has. That was, that was pretty close. What about like, recently, though? Like last recently, 15, I, 20 years, it's got to be like. Oklahoma. All Oklahoma. I, I'm pretty sure it's almost all Oklahoma, so. But yeah, no, back they. they but back, back when, in the day. back in the day, back oh. in the good old days, <laughs> it was a, uh, yeah, no. Okay, so Dylan and Charlie are tied with two. Mark is on the board with one. Nice. So true or false? Cap or no cap? Notre Dame and Ohio State have won the most Heisman's. Like a like tied. Yeah, like okay. tied for first for most Heisman's. That's cap. I'm gonna say cap. Cap. It is no cap, actually. What? They uh, they both have the, the same amount? I'm surprised Notre Dame has produced that many Heisman wins. <laughs> Gotta be all say, in the 60s. <laughs> I say yeah, when yeah. Notre Dame was early in the year, like, it was all. Years? So. Yeah, okay. Hmm. okay. But Bama's almost getting up there because they've won, like, four now almost in the past 10 years. Okay. Because they got Bryce Young, Derrick Henry, Devontae That's Smith, a, and Mark Ingram. pretty close. Wait, how close, how close are they? Do you know? I don't know. Oh, okay. They have to I thought you had it right there. Though. I say they're yeah. pretty close, so. Yeah. All right, last question, because once again, it's might, just a short segment here. We might need a tiebreaker, though, if we're tied. All right, because we, we got twos and ones, all right? 
Michigan is the winningest program in all of college football. That is no cap. No cap. No cap. You are all right. It is no cap. So I knew that, that, is, so, that is I true. knew that one. That's pretty. So, that's a easy we, one. We need a tiebreaker now. All right, here. So we both got three out of five. Make it difficult like an FCS one. <laughs> Where it's, it's only a 50-50 shot. It could be D3. Oh. No. I'm not going to know that. All right, I just... That's not fair. <laughs> okay, but the question I want to ask, I feel like you guys know it, but... Just do it. It doesn't matter. All right. All right. So this is for the tiebreaker, okay? I have to ask another question if you guys get this, okay? Did Joe Montana win a Heisman? That's cap. I'm going to say cap, too. I think that's the cap. He did not win a Heisman. I was gonna say I, I don't remember him recalling him being a good college quarterback <laughs> or like he was a like, good college like was a good quarterback, college quarterback but, but not like Heisman level. I say yeah, he didn't win a Heisman. So we'll have to go to second overtime here. Another tiebreaker. All right. Okay, this I'm one it, it just came in the pop of my head. All right, did any one of the Mannings in the Manning family win a Heisman? That's cap. Yeah, Peyton Manning didn't win. Eli didn't win. That's okay. Peyton Manning should have won the Heisman. Peyton, he should yeah. have won it over Charles Woodson. So. Agreed. Mark, you got anything here, bud? No cap. No, like, no, a, no do you have questions. Any questions? No, I don't. Mm. You don't have a fact or no cap about Wisconsin for these guys? Mm. Well, I don't think so. I could think of one, but I'm I'm competing. You're, so. <laughs> okay, I got it. So cap or no cap? Okay, so I'm going to ask the question, but we're going to make it in a true or false form, okay? So in what year did the Rose Bowl Athletics Stadium open? The year 1920, true or false? It's really old. I just don't. I'm going to say that is no cap. I think it opened in 1934. That's just came off the top of my head. I'm going to say cap. To break the tie, one of you got it right. The stadium opened in 1922. Oh. So it is cap that it opened in 1920. So Dylan. I mean, I got the year wrong, but it doesn't matter. Hey, but you got the answer right. So. It's not multiple choice. Nope. Well. So Dylan wins overall in double overtime with triple. So they just triple. had they just had the hundred year. This is their hundredth year anniversary. Yeah, that was yeah. fourth overtime. They're still in twenty twenty two. This still, is the fourth I think one. They're going under a renovation project. I think so because Nebraska is going to be on in, soon under one here too. At one hundred one hundred years is next year's. So. Yep. All right, so just overall recap, Dylan won the first segment of cap or no cap with three points and four overtimes. Charlie got it with in two. And Mark got the solo one. So next, uh, if we ever were to do the segment again, another person will do the segment. It won't be Dylan or I. I think it should be Mark or Charlie that should do this, get their names in the spotlight here. So we thank you so much for tuning in into the, this episode of The Last Take. Um, Tune in next week as we'll get you more Nebraska information about the Indiana game and also week six of the college football pick'em list. So signing off, this is Charlie, Mark, Dylan. This is Anthony. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you on to the next one. Go Big Red.